321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Cheryl McGee Wallace, Special Advisor to I Relaunch, and your host for today. Coaching is one of the many tools relaunchers can leverage to get their careers back on track. Today, we welcome iRelaunch coach Sarah Dickinson Taylor to discuss the benefits of coaching. Sarah is president and founder of Celebrate Life by Design, a leadership coaching firm where her clients range from CEOs of multinational corporations to relaunchers returning to work after a career break. Prior to coaching, Sarah spent almost 20 years as a top recruiter and senior vice president for a Boston-based staffing firm. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Cheryl. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Before we begin, can you briefly tell us a little bit about your background and experience as a coach? Absolutely. I've been uh, actively coaching since the beginning of 2008 when I first started exploring the amazing world of coaching. Um, I began my work as a recruiter right out of college and rose to become a, a senior vice president at a boutique staffing firm uh, here in the Boston area and was really helping my clients kind of find the job of their dreams. Um, when I left the corporate world after almost 20 years, I reinvented myself and went back to school to study coaching. And now I have helped hundreds of people over the past 11 years really step into their best lives and create a life they've always dreamed of living. That's wonderful. For those who may not be familiar with the concept, what is a coach? Well, according to the International Coaching Federation, which is known in the coaching world as the ICF, they define coaching as partnering with clients um, in a thought-provoking and creative process that really inspires people to maximize their personal and professional potential. But like, what does that really mean, you ask? So for many, coaching is a life-changing experience that dramatically improves their outlook on work and life. And with many of my executive clients, they're even their leadership skills. I see this every day in the work that I do with my clients. And coaching truly helps people tap into their own potential, unlocking amazing sources of creativity and Pro, you know, definitely productivity. My clients that I've worked with have consistently reported several benefits of working with me, which include improving their communication skills, increasing their self-esteem, their self-confidence, as I'd mentioned before, increasing their productivity, um, as well as optimizing their own individual performance, as well as in many cases uh, with the manager of their teams. And what's the difference between a life coach, a career coach, an executive coach? Is there really a distinction? That's, there is a real distinction. And that's a really great, great question, Cheryl. And people ask me to clarify this all the time. Um, You know, a life coach is really more of a generalist term to describe this broad brush approach to coaching. Um, a life coach is a professional who many, in many ways can help you reach a specific goal or, or make a change in your life. Um, coaches, life coaches specifically, really kind of get you out of your head 
and they help you to take action in many areas of your life, areas that you'd like to change. Where career coaching is really an industry that has grown exponentially in the past decade. And the goal of career coaching is to empower professionals by helping them make informed decisions about their career trajectory and really kind of what's next in their professional world. Career coaches focus um, on results and actions and solutions and ultimately accountability. Um, But it's usually focused around a job search or some sort of promotion. Executive coaching, that takes a slightly different bend. And that really focuses on unleashing that hidden potential that's in leaders or executives, and in many cases, even their whole team. Um, I help executives focus on their business priorities, kind of what's happening up front and center in their companies, um, while also advancing their professional and developmental goals. So each of them take different roles. And you and others have referred to the term leadership coaching. Is that an aspect of each one of those? So that would be some type of framework that's used to meet the goals under any one of these various forms of coaching? Yeah, leadership coaching is is one that I definitely um, see most frequently when I work um, in the executive coaching realm, um, where it's more of a collective community of helping leaders um, hone in on their communication skills, managing their teams, um, anticipating needs, really kind of being able to um, get to that bottom line as, as a leader and how they define themselves in, in the context of being a leader. Okay, that's great. Uh, Thanks for um, clarifying that. I know that many of the relaunchers that are part of our community will be seeing each of these terms, and it's really great for us to be able to baseline that for them. So in terms of qualifications, are there certifications that may be required for someone to call themselves a coach? Are there governing bodies that regulate the coaching industry? You know, there really isn't, um, you know, unlike a psychiatrist or a psychologist or, a, you know, a, lo- a licensed social worker, um, a life coach in this day and age does not require a specific license to work with someone. Um, the, Interco- the International Coaching Federation, the otherwise known as the ICF, that is the only credential that is is recognized globally as uh, you know kind of a professional coaching certification. Um, though it is becoming more and more important as the industry has grown and expanded, um, people that have an ICF credential, which I do um, at the associate level, it really proves that they have. Um, kind of demonstrated their knowledge and their skill and their commitment to this high ethical standard of, of what it means to, to be an ICF certified coach. Um, my training spanned over several years and um, I'm also just a natural life learner and I'm constantly adding to my toolkit mm-hmm. and experience. Um, I know from my own experience that coaches can specialize in a given industry or by client type. How does a a coach specialize? Well, a coach usually specializes in an area that they already have some sort of natural proclivity towards. 
So for, for me, I spent 20 years as a top recruiter um, working with executives in the recruiting arena. So executive and leadership coaching was something that I, I had a natural um, natural affinity for, and it felt like a natural step for me, um, and, and something that I can I really relate to um, with great confidence. You know, I also with taking time off from the coaching world and and being a relauncher myself, uh, taking a rather time off from the the recruiting world um, and reinventing myself. I have a natural affinity for relaunchers as well. So that's kind of a, a niche that I have naturally fallen into and, and really, really enjoy. Okay. And what types of issues and goals could a client bring to a coach? Many of my clients usually have this universal theme of wanting something to change. There's some sort of limiting belief, this feeling of being stuck overwhelmed they're you know they're looking for something tangible that they want to change like a, a new career a promotion they want to make more money they want to increase the revenue stream so many of my clients are seeking a more defined in, in many cases like a work-life balance or, or working on their um, their productivity how they get things done so they seek accountability perspective encouragement so that what they desire is really doable, that it's possible, and that it can actually happen. And, and that is really the magic of coaching, because when you can break down a hope or a dream and divide it into these simple, actionable, and very doable steps, that really gives it life and gives someone the confidence to make it happen. Yes. I know some who've expressed frustration that a coach was unable to help them find a job. I don't see that as the role of a coach. To manage expectations, how do you describe your role as a coach? So this is a really good opportunity for me to share a story um, of that was taught to me when I was learning the, the, the role of coaching. So many times people would say, you know, what's the difference between a coach or a consultant or a mentor um, or a therapist? And I, I want to use this simple story that I was taught that um, just using the example of a simple task of riding a bike and applying that to all those different roles. Mm -hmm. So let's say, just for the sake of discussion, that if you use, if you used to ride a bike as a child, but that now as an adult, it's been difficult to pick it up again. You really want to find someone who can help you with that goal. But which professional would be the best to help you get back on the saddle, if you will? So a consultant is an expert in bike riding. They've already mastered the bike riding process. They've figured out the most efficient way to do it. They've typically... Um, you know, kind of assessed what you're doing so far, providing with a good detailed plan and how you, maybe you could ride the bike a little bit more correctly. Maybe they would give you a real complete step-by-step -step process as a consultant would. Um, they get paid to provide you with the quote unquote, like, you know, how to ride a bike answers. Mm -hmm. And they mm -hmm. really focus on the problem. Where a therapist would be interested in, 
why aren't you able to ride the bike? What's in your past or in your childhood? What really presents as a barrier in your learning to ride the bike? And they really dig in there and work with you to fix it. They focus on, you know, why is that problem there? Why are you having problems getting back up on the bike? A mentor has been riding the bike for quite some time. And they're really there to share what they know about the process. They want you to be successful. They want to spend time with you helping you do this. Um, It could really be compared to kind of learning by seeing. Mm -hmm. They most likely have also had this problem too. So they're along to help mentor you with this. Which brings me to a coach. A coach really offers a totally different type of relationship altogether. There's a lot of asking and not a lot of telling. They're your champion. They're Mm -hmm. helping you achieve your goal of riding a bike by asking you these very thought-provoking questions and shining a light, a really bright light on your strengths. They work with you to tap into what you already know and hope that you know and and help you break through some of your limiting beliefs. So a mm. coach will run alongside you as, she, as they're holding the bike, much like a parent, you know, holding the bike steady while you're learning how to ride the bike. They're cheering you on. They will only let go of the bike when you're ready to let go of the bike and they're focused totally on you. And and that is that story is just in my mind is always a great way of helping manage the expectations of a coaching relationship because I'm a cheering partner. I'm not the fairy godmother with the magic wands. That's exactly. going to help someone find a job. So that's that's a a long way of describing kind of yeah. some of the differences and expectations. Yeah, that's a great analogy. What would someone expect during the course of a typical coaching session? How long is a coaching session? That's a question I get asked all the time. And it usually um, it usually begins with a personal interview, some sort of either face-to-face, some coaches do work face-to-face or, or, or virtually, either a, you know, a teleconference call. Um, and it's usually, we take the time to assess someone's, you know, their challenges, identify their priorities, kind of put together, um, you know, what is the, the, the real specific desired outcome? Why, what is the, the end goal? And it's definitely about having a fit with your coach, having a feel with your coach. So communication is completely at the forefront of the relationship and subsequent coaching sessions can be in person. They can be over the phone, as I said before, but they usually, uh, they usually are between either 30 minutes, depending upon, um, you know, the, 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 the way a coach works or up to an hour. And, um, and many times between some of these scheduled sessions, there's, you know, I ask my clients to complete specific actions that support you know, what we have talked about with our our prioritized goals. So who's setting the agenda? Is it the client setting the agenda or the coach setting the agenda? The client sets the agenda. It's all, it's all on the, on the client. Um, and we come up with a, an actionable plan that they have agreed to take on. And in some cases, my role as the coach is to stretch them. They've agreed to do X, Y, Z, and I will say, you know what? I think we're playing a little small. Let's add 
um, you know, ABC in that mix as well. So that's exactly. the that's the push and pull. Yeah. So it's as much um, it's as important for the coach to provide challenge and accountability um, as it is for them to provide support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. What's the life cycle of a coaching relationship? Is there a standard length of time for the work or goals to be completed? You know, the length of a partnership like this really varies and depends on, you know, either the individual or the or the um, the leadership team's needs or some of their preferences. Mm-hmm. So certain types of, of um, individuals need certain types of focus coaching. So you know, I think probably if I were to take a, an overall average, it would be between three and six months that people usually typically work together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for other types of, of coaching, you know, especially maybe even on the executive side, people find it more beneficial to work with a coach for a longer period of time. And, yeah. um, you know, some of those factors that impact that length of time are, you know, the, the type of goals that are, that people are setting out to accomplish the, the, you know, the, the number of individuals or teams that are, that are a part of this work. Um, the frequency of the coaching meetings, is it, you know, is it every other week? Is it a, a quarterly kind of strategy meeting? Um, and, and then of course the financial resources that are also available to support this. Mm-hmm. So um, my clients work with me for a minimum of, minimum of three months to develop a momentum. And several of my clients have worked with me for years and years as they continue to expand and grow. And, and many will often revisit my services um, and even return for, you know, as I call them, the mini tune ups, even as they're well along in their career track. So um, it's a long, it's a longstanding, ever evolving relationship. And how does the dynamic change if an individual comes to you versus a firm saying uh, we're going to provide coaching for a high potential staff member? Is there a difference? Do you find in your approach, uh, is there a difference in who's setting the agenda? Is the corporation setting the agenda in that um, context or is the individual still uh, in the driver's seat? It's important for me to have an individual relationship with that with that person, that executive, um, and confidential confidentiality is at the forefront of everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I am not the go between the company and the and the executive. I'm, I'm more of you know fostering um, a real team environment and, and being able to um, intuity, intuitively by working with, with both the company and the individual um, to be able to set a tone for success. Um, mm-hmm. But I work, I work one-on-one. So it's, it's important that that trust is there, that accountability is there, that partnering is there. Um, but the person that is um, using my services also wants to be there. So um, we have to have that contract that um, we're not just going through the motions. And I'm not the fairy godmother, as I said before, that's going to make everything all right. So we we have to have that partnership and that contract. And that actually brings up another question. Are there ethical standards for the coach? Does the ICF impose uh, ethical standards? 
Um, they, they, we do. I mean, there's core competencies that we definitely, um, that we follow. And I think the biggest thing is, is the confidentiality. Mm-hmm. So, um, everything much like a therapist, much like a social worker, um, you know, everything is within the confines and any proprietary information, um, financial information, everything is, is within the, within the confines of our coaching agreement. So I have a contract that mm-hmm. um, I have my clients sign. Um, and it's really important because um, it's a safe space. It's a safe yes. haven for people to come to and they need to know that. Yes. Uh, what types of tools and methods do you use to support your clients? I have, I have several tools in my, co- my coaching toolbox, if you will. Um, and I intuitively switch it up depending upon kind of the need of my client or the scope of their desired outcome. And I, I sometimes will share um, relevant articles, different checklists, ways of, of, of keeping people accountable, um, you know, whether it be journals or calendars or, or, or different resources that way. I make a lot of book recommendations. Um, I use a lot of assessments, different types of assessments for my executive clients, such as the Colby Index, which which defines kind of individual and teamwork styles, um, and and personality profile indexes like the Enneagram. I use that too, and these are all really great tools that enhance self awareness. They help shift perspective. They give kind of an outside bird's eye look into um, you know promoting fresh insights, providing new frameworks. Um, and, and these types of tools really create actionable strategies that help towards success and inspire that forward action that we, that we, mm-hmm. we definitely glom onto in the coaching world. Yes. Some may balk that the cost of coaching is high. I've used coaches myself at various stages throughout my career for objectivity, accountability, and depending on their expertise, even insights. After all we've after all that we've discussed, what in your view are the three benefits of coaching? So the the three benefits of coaching are really partnership, having someone, you know, right right there with you. Um accountability, that you know, that sense of um, you know, you're gonna there's someone there that's gonna make sure that you make this happen. Um, that you're going to see this through, you're going to go this, you're going to see this through, through completion, which is so important. And then, and then really, thirdly, a chance to see the world with this beautiful inner perspective and awareness. So, um, that you don't get when you're living inside your head all the time. So, um, to have that mirror of someone who's, your partner in crime who's got your back is there to help you. It's not going to, you know, no, no excuses. We're going to make this happen. And is there to hold you in that sacred space of, you know, I see you, I get you and um, we're going to do this. So there, there can sometimes be a real backlash to that, um, you know, the DIY or the do it yourself approach where, you know, and I'm sure many of our listeners have got stacks and stacks and stacks of how to and self-help books, you know, in their office or by their bedside and, you know, hoping that one day they're going to take action or, or learn by osmosis. I know 
I know, you know, I was have been guilty of that many a time. But we often fool ourselves into thinking we can do this alone or that, um, you know, just our friends or our best friend can help us out or, um, you know, our mom or our brother or sister. And networking and applying for jobs on your own is such a such an important thing in, in the job search world. But the power of coaching is really about one's ability to stretch outside their comfort zone and and be held accountable for certain actions. So a coach can really be a vital partner along the way. There's an aspect of self-exploration, I think, from coaching that uh, someone just looking at the costs might overlook. Um, It's not a job search mechanism. It's not someone that you'd go to and say, I'm looking for this type of job. You go out and, and help me find that job. But it's a means of determining one's goals. This is from my personal experience, determining one's goals, having someone challenge you to make sure that you are uh, pushing yourself to your to your limits. Those are important criteria for me in selecting a coach. And then going out and, and uh, achieving those goals, but in a very measured and organized manner. Yes, yes, that they're attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many times that, um, and I've talked to, you know, in my 11 plus years of coaching, um, the biggest thing that gets in people's way is feeling that, that genuine feeling of completion and of success. Like mm-hmm. I did it. I landed mm-hmm. the promotion. I got the job. I wrote the book. Um, I made that happen. And, um, so many times we procrastinate or that we put it on someone else. It's their fault that we didn't achieve X, Y, and Z. And Mm -hmm. coaching really turns the kaleidoscope in such a way where people are actually able to stand in their power and genuinely feel, you know what? I actually got that promotion. I actually negotiated that salary. I actually left my job and Mm -hmm. took time off and re-entered the workplace in a whole different industry with work-life balance. And so it's, 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 it's this, this new reality that what you hope and wish can happen. There's an aspect of identifying new and different goals. So having, some mm-hmm. indication that a different path is preferred and being able to identify what that is. How does one find a coach and how much does it usually cost per session? So people can find a coach in a variety of ways. Um, you know, obviously on iRelaunch, we have, we have a group of coaches that love working with people. Um, a lot of um, industries will uh, have coaches that, specialize in certain areas that they know from referral. Um, I know most of my uh, people that I work with work with me because of uh, referral. I'm a mostly mm-hmm. referral-based um, coach. And uh, the the International Coaching Federation has got um, a, a list of coaches that, that are available. So those are some ways that people can find a coach. You know, asking people, if you know someone that has worked with a coach, um, who did you, who did you work with? Um, mm-hmm. You know, tell me, you know, tell me there. And I always joke, finding the right coach is like dating. 
So it, it's, it's got to be the connection. It's, it's important to you know, talk to several types of coaches and find that right fit. Um, a coach that may be identified with your, with your friend or a colleague you know, might not necessarily be the right fit for you. So it's important exactly. that you research that. Um, and as, as far as the financial commitment and how much it costs, you know, the, the fees are really, they vary by specialty and by the coach's level of experience and education. So general life coaches that are just kind of starting out or um, have a few years of experience, um, you know, usually, or, or plus, you know, usually are anywhere between like $150 to $250 to $300 an hour. Again, mm-hmm. kind of depending on their experience. Okay. Um, biz- business and executive coaching um, is a little bit more up the spectrum and, and that's usually between 300 and 500 dollars plus okay. um for me personally i don't charge by the hour anymore because i provide more of a collective coaching package that's inclusive of coaching sessions and assessments and evaluations and you know other added tools and benefits so it's more of a a collective cohesive organic um, program, if you will, but th- that if that gives you some of the ballpark of, of yeah, just general, I think um, that'll be helpful for those who are listening. Also, I relaunch has a um, listing of coaches who, like yourself, specialize in relaunching careers, and I think that's very important um, given our audience. Absolutely, absolutely. The final question is one that we ask all of our podcast guests. What is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? You know, my best piece of advice is is really just do it. Take some sort of measurable action right now and get out of your comfort zone. Um, it is. It makes all the difference in the world. And you know, as we often say in the coaching world, do it scared, you know, just literally not to, you know, the isms, the sayings, jump in the net will appear, but it's true. We sometimes need to get out of, you know, that what we consider this is the only way it can be done. Um, This is the only way I can find a new job. This is the only way I can, um, you know, get out from under myself, buy a book, talk to my best friend. But sometimes, you know, you really need to um, take a chance and take one small step towards something. And you've totally got this. It's, it's, you know, that's my biggest, biggest, um, advice for anyone is trust in yourself and know um know that that little voice inside of you doesn't lie it's time it's time to shine the light on you great thank you sarah dickinson taylor for joining us today how can people find out more about your firm if they're interested in coaching well it's it's been such a pleasure thank you so much for having me cheryl i I have really enjoyed this time together and i can be reached um at uh sarah without an h s-a-r-a at celebratelifebydesign.com or you can find me on the irene lunch website i am one of the featured coaches great 
And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Cheryl McGee Wallace, your host. For more information on iRelaunch, please go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And also be sure to share it with friends on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.